You're listening to The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. In every episode, we will discuss the topics and trends, the issues and ideas, the challenges and opportunities facing senior business leaders today. This series is one more way we want to engage with our network of industry executives. Thanks for joining us. Hello again, everyone. You're joining us for another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. My name is Jeff Nix. I'm head of content and research. My guest today is Chris Cutshaw. He's with TMC, a division of CH Robinson. We're going to be having a conversation about generative AI, the role that it's going to play in orchestrating uh, supply chains in the future. And uh, he's recently given a presentation on this that actually gets into some specifics, which I'm very excited about. I think most companies are very interested in this space, but a lot of it sounds theoretical. So if we can actually get into the weeds, I'm very excited for this conversation. Chris, uh, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Why don't we start off just to make sure we're using the correct terms here. When you say generative AI, what differentiates that from the broader AI category? Yeah, I think that's a few things, right? So people have been saying AI for a long time. And I think with some of the uh, innovations that have just happened, specifically OpenAI, uh, where this content's actually being generated. So it's in a human readable fashion. It's able to create narratives, create language that we can understand and interact with. So that's where the generative comes in and really since November 2022, when OpenAI launched the ChatGPT platform, uh, there's definitely other platforms that are coming on board. It's really made it tangible for usage and uh, supply chains, I think, is ripe for usage in this space. Now, you gave a presentation a little earlier today that was actually geared towards an audience of senior supply chain executives saying, these are some of the possibilities. This is what some people are already doing with it. I'm not going to ask you to repeat a 35-minute presentation, but what were some of the key takeaways you hope people got? Yeah, key takeaways are it's definitely very new. So we're in the learning phase, uh, but I think the opportunities are just tremendous. Uh, In our space, in supply chains in general, there's a lot of partners, there's a lot of people involved, a lot of different systems. Those things don't always harmonize together and you end up having a lot of people doing manual things, processing, pressing buttons for for lack of a better term. So uh, if you can take that value added work or the non-value added work out of their efforts and actually focus them more on things that can be continuous improvement for their supply chain, things that can optimize, that's where you want to start focusing some of this new technology to take that tactical day-to-day work out of their hands so they can focus on improvement ideas. I can also see this being a powerful tool for giving data a voice because I think a lot of what digital transformation talks about is there's this, you know, cascade of data coming in and you have to figure out what's actionable. If uh, 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 an AI tool can actually put it into words, this is why we're doing it this way. Yeah. What a powerful tool. Definitely very powerful. Um, The opportunities are are just starting, but they, they really seem truly transformative. And to your point, um, you know, when you have a lot of data, you have a lot of information coming in. It's tough to process all of that and make intelligence out of it. And I think technologies like this are starting to actually interact with a definitely a, a diverse set of information, taking information out of that and making it tangible so that you can automate processes, I think is, is really exciting. So again, I try to sometimes put myself in the position of a supply chain leader who is aware this tool is coming online. I certainly don't want to be the last person to look into this, but it can be intimidating first. What are some of the low-hanging fruits out there that maybe I could experiment with or that I can watch someone else you know, be an early adapter and learn from them? Yeah. I think first and foremost, you need to make sure you have your data security and data privacy completely solved. 
Um, so you want to make sure the way you're using this doesn't expose information that it shouldn't and that it's really targeted and focused. So some of the low-hanging fruit uh, that supply chain leaders know is, you know, we have people doing things manually across the value chain or supply chain. So really saying, hey, where am I spending the most amount of time that's not value-added work or, or increasing the value of what we do for our operations and kind of aggregating and stack ranking that and seeing, hey, do I have the data that is enough to solve this use case? And then can I stream that to a, a confined AGI agent that potentially can take over some of those actions? So starting very small to say, hey, I'm pressing this button or I'm responding to an email question that is really uh, manual in nature or tactical in nature, and I do this a lot, or I have teams of people doing this. Can I start there to remove some of those people or more importantly, transform what they're doing and uplift their talent uh, to more, you know, in innovative and, and um, uh, value-add items. Now, I was interested at the beginning of your answer, you're saying you really have to lock down what data you're giving it, that it's yeah. the right data, that it's secure. Um, I can see that being something that, you know, companies want to be very clear. What are maybe the new rules involved? I mean, data security is always something we talk about, yeah. but we're actually feeding, and I don't want to be dramatic, information into a black box where it will do something. Yes. And then an answer is going to come up from yeah. our side. What does getting that data ready look yeah, I think um, really when you're doing um, working with AGI, it's all about prompt engineering. So you, you're training uh, the, the model or the agent to respond specifically how you want it. So really taking the time upfront to make sure prompt engineering is reducing the ability for the AI to access information that it shouldn't or the ability for it to create uh, narratives that, uh, let's say, are, are making things up or fabricating information. So you really want to define it, say, here's your role in life. Here's what you're supposed to do. And by the way, never fabricate information, follow a set rigid process. Uh, but what's really cool is what we've done is actually putting planning uh, large language models in front of that so that uh, you really create uh, specific agents that have tactical uh, you know, um, requirements or tactical options that they can go after, accessing internal tools, really confining the data to make sure that it is really exactly what they need and, and no more. And then making sure the outputs are in a very rigid fashion so it's it's controlled on the use case that you're focusing on. So again, stepping back, looking at all of the manual processes that happen that you know are, are redundant and that your teams don't love to do, taking that and starting your journey uh, with, a, with an open AI type of technology or there's some other ones coming online and focusing really tangibly at some of those use cases and going after them. I'm so interested, you mentioned sort of teaching it that it can't fabricate Yes. So I, I, and forgive me, I'm a little more familiar with chat GPT yeah. than some of the industry applications, yeah. but I know hallucination is one of the terms yes. that we've heard where it, it just wants to please you. It's yeah. not necessarily giving you the right answer. It's, it's trying to generate a response that you're going to be yeah. happy with. And you're like, that was the right answer, yeah. whether there's depth to it or not. This can't be that because it's actionable data that it's chewing on. Can you expand upon yeah. that a little well, bit? Well, no, hallucination is actually a technical term for some of these AI agents. I mean, there's examples of law firms uh, using this and not checking the output and found out that the is making up cases, right? So you have to be very rigid and clear in the prompt engineering that, um, you know, you need to follow and make sure that you're only speaking on truth or data that you have accessible to. And, and when we're interacting with like some of those prompts that are open, um, they can go a lot of different ways. And, and what we're focused on is deploying that to our code base using some of that trained model to respond in a human-like way, but really focusing what it can do so that it doesn't go outside of its its boundaries. 
I'm so interested in this. And I remember you saying before we uh, started recording that you do actually have uh, a few details and, and hands-on things that we can get into. I'd love to do that now. As much as this big picture is fascinating, what are some concrete examples of someone has applied this tool? What is it doing for them? Yeah. And you don't have to name a client's name, obviously, yeah. but like walk us through the scenario. Yeah, well, I, I can give you one scenario very specifically uh, that we, we, we started on and have in production. So a lot of times in our industry, which we're really focused on transportation, is when you physically deliver something, someone signs a document and it's called a proof of delivery. And for a lot of customers to automate their payment process, to ensure that it was on time and in full, OTIF, really focus, uh, you want to capture all those documents. And if there's an audit that happens, you want to make sure they're right and accurate. So across you know thousands of shipments that you're managing, you're dealing with tons of different providers and those providers have sub providers like drivers or warehouse workers. So you have all these sources of information where documents can live. And often there's teams of people that go chase and send emails and follow up and get that data back on system. That's a perfect tangible use case that you could focus an AI agent on instead of having you know teams of people go after that. So chasing PODs, chasing documents, following up, you know, when, when something's not right and getting the information in an automated way that, uh, you know, you've set up the boundaries and control that are taking, you know, that manual labor out of the equation and focusing their time on, on more, let's say optimization activities that can reduce cost or improve service. And they're not getting bogged down with some of the tactical day-to-day -day work. So I think, you know, documentation, ensuring the documentation is accurate, timely, uh, and associated to the shipment record is where we've we've focused some of this uh, build out on. Fantastic. So to maybe say that another way, and you can yes. check check me, um, it can produce the report out of all these data points. But what it's freeing people up, there used to be someone who had to compile all that, who had to yes. make it make sense in one report. Now they can maybe be freed up to, we don't have this piece of information, and they can make that human connection with the person who hasn't pooled their data, or like right. they're freed up to troubleshoot while the system does the, the labor-intensive piece. Exactly. So the, the, the AI agent will see that a POD isn't there or a piece of document isn't there. It'll follow defined steps. It'll reach out, write an email that is seemingly coming from a human. It'll even go that way. Yep, that, that looks like, okay, someone's asking for something, and which happens usually today with people. They'll get a response. They'll take that attachment. They'll go upload it somewhere. So I think that's just a great you know area of focus, and that's something we've, we've done. So I guess... Again, putting myself back in the position of I'm a supply chain executive who sees this is an incredible tool that is coming into market. What does getting started look like? What is a realistic timeline to like try a pilot, make sure that it is actually you know the right data going in and the right output coming out? Because there's still going to be a, a person checking that for a long while just to make sure you know it's representing your company. Yeah, I mean you're gonna have to have some technical teams that get started on this that choose the right technology and then can find the data that it has access to and deploy it within your ecosystem. So it's not like a open source out there, you know, uh, able to feed feed proprietary information to that um, to that agent so that you you really can find it. So starting down that journey, you want to start looking at prompt engineering. Uh, a lot of this coding, which is really exciting, can be done by non-technical people uh, through training and learnings. And we've we've used a few technologies, including LangChain, which helps us kind of chain together smaller tasks into an overall complex workflow, as well as OpenAI. And then we have the proprietary models that we've built within the logistics space to then give it data as well as our system of record to have access to information to go after that. So setting up that infrastructure probably takes, you know, two to three months to get started. 
uh, ensuring you're checking down with your data security, data privacy teams to make sure that they've signed off on it. And then really starting on very small use cases, learning as you go, and then figuring out how you can scale it. And what we're doing to scale is basically allowing a, a planning large language model to look at SOPs that humans are writing. So I can basically write an SOP for a specific action that I want to automate. The planning LLM can learn from that SOP, then define tasks that smaller specific LLMs will follow. It can reorder the workflow based on what it's learning and then have that tangible outcome of you know what a human would have done in the past. I'd like to get into what makes uh, TMC a partner of choice in this space. I understand you're an early innovator and you've got some experience, which already sets you apart from a lot of people, but yeah. walk me through how you got into this, what specifically you're doing that is exciting some supply chain leaders. Like, Walk me through that. Yeah. I mean, one, we wanted to share what we're doing just to show the opportunity in this space. And then I think specifically why why to partner with us in this in this arena is that um, you know we probably have more access to transportation data than really any company in the world. So we have $30 billion of freight that's on our platform. So creating very uh, logistics focused models is where we're going to have that, you know, IP or intellectual property uh, that companies can plug into. So, um, you know, I think we are a great partner for that, but we also want to be consultative and just talk about the true and tremendous opportunity that this type of technology can bring. And definitely we are very early on, but, uh, we're really excited about some of the you know logistics specific models that we're building, some of the capabilities that we've already had from an engineering and talent development portion that are now focusing really on this technology and we're investing a lot more into this uh, space. So uh, we really got the ball rolling, uh, trying to get ahead of you know what opportunities are out there. So I think uh, you know companies that are looking to partner, especially in the transportation execution space. Uh, should look at TMC and C. Robinson as as vital partners. Absolutely, and you know, not to put words in anyone's mouth, but again, if I were a supply chain executive who says I am interested in this, what are some of the questions I should be coming to you with? Like, I think there has to be yeah. a challenge to the business that needs solving, or like, what are some of the right ways to approach this rather than just I want to try the new toy? Yeah, I mean, people do want to try the new <laughs> toy, right? It's it's very it's in the news, it's in the press. So I think first is stack rank the opportunities, create the business case. You're going to have to have development. You're going to have to do things on your side. It's not completely something that you can outsource to a partner, though there are some scenarios that you can find it. But I'd really uh, inform customers to take the time to create the business case, find areas within their supply chain that this could be a focused technology and where maybe they have blind spots in terms of logistics, data, visibility, documentation that, that we mentioned and discussed earlier. Then looking at your partner network and seeing who's actually investing in the space. So that could be us, it could be others, but really stack ranking your opportunities, being very concise and constrained on, on what you want to go after. And then partners like us can really hit the ground running with that as a as a you know guardrail to to development. Okay. So if I've got my pain point or opportunity that I'm saying I think this is a good place to start, and I come to CH Robinson or I make it for TMC, the division of CH yeah. Robinson that is working specifically in this space. What does day one look like? What does the actual beginning of that partnership look like? And how do I prepare my team to get started? Yeah, I think one, we want to look at the data model. So make sure that, um, you know, we use our proprietary platform, Navisphere. So we'd want to hook into uh, your logistics network. We want to get some data. You really do need a large set of data to get started. Uh, if there's blind spots in the data, the AI agent's going to struggle to answer questions or be concise. So I think looking at the data model, seeing where you know we can integrate and support, 
and then, you know, deploying that business case and going after a specific scenario, test and learn, fail fast, uh, you know, and fail cheaply. If, if, if you go after something that's maybe too robust, you don't want to take too much time. So getting started uh, very succinctly, moving fast, uh, and, 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 and identifying the data model that you want to use to go after that is incredibly important. allows you to, to move fast in the space. Whenever we talk about a new technology, especially something like AI that is very buzzy, yeah. I do want to take a minute and talk about the people part of all this yeah. because there's an existing supply chain organization. Yeah. Some of what we're talking about is automating their jobs, which will free them up to do more important yeah. work, but there is a struggle there for a yeah. minute. Can we talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it's the human equation, right, as a part of it. Um, so what I would say is like our industry in general has a talent gap. So we are struggling to put logistics expertise, transportation expertise, even supply chain expertise in seats to scale out organizations as we grow. Even, you know, through this tumultuous time that we've been through, there's still a, a lack of expertise. So it's not about replacing human capital. In my opinion, it's about maximizing it and being able to scale across many different flows and not having to go higher and, and go extend your team. And you can keep a really focused team focused on the, the value-added uh, initiatives. We've covered a lot of ground in this conversation. If there were two or three key points that you want people to think about a little further, yeah. what would those be? Yeah, so we're, we're very early. Uh, it's very exciting, but we got to be very careful and very deliberate about what we're doing with this technology. So a lot of learnings are to be had. Uh, we want to make sure it's controlled and we're very rigid with what we're allowing it to do. I think we want to focus on the human element. I think we want to make people's lives better. Uh, and, and not necessarily, you know, focus on replacement, but augmentation of things that, you know, people don't want to do. We want them to focus on the cool things that really bring value to their companies. And this is an avenue to do that. So starting small, learning quickly, uh, assessing your partner network on who actually is investing in this type of technology, who you can partner with, and then looking at your own data model to start. I have to think with something this new and this exciting, there are going to be people with questions, people want to learn more. What is the best way to get in touch? Uh, maybe pick someone's brain at TMC. Yeah, so I would direct people to go to chrobinson.com slash TMC, and there's an option there to find an expert. So you can learn more about what we're doing in the space, happily also be consultative in what we're doing and how we've how we've done it. So you can actually build that out on your side and, and potentially you can find a way to partner in the future. I really appreciate your time here, Chris. Yeah. This this is a really exciting thing, and I actually haven't gotten to talk about it with someone who's really doing it yet. So this this was exciting for me. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, and thanks for Executive Platforms. You guys run great conferences, had a great time here, and uh, look forward to more in the future. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, you've been listening to another episode of Executive Platforms Blueprint Podcast Series. I've been Jeff Mix. Let's do it again soon.